The Giants lost their seventh straight game Sunday in the Windy City. What else can go wrong? New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz drops by from Chicago to break it down. We'll also be joined by two-time Super Bowl champion Giants running back Brandon Jacobs. All that and more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Jimmy Fallon. New episodes come Mondays and Thursdays, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars. Write a nice review, would you? Uh, Today we'll be joined by our pal Paul Schwartz and a member of the Giants rendition of Earth, Wind, and Fire and a bulldozer in the backfield, Brandon Jacobs. All right, let's get this therapy session going. The Giants have now lost seven in a row, but let's not overreact because other than the offense, the defense, the coaching, and the kicking, they looked pretty good today. It has literally been since the Giants last won a football game. We have gone through Columbus Day, Halloween, Election Day, Veterans Day, and Thanksgiving because by the time they play again, we will have made it two whole months since the Giants last won a game on December the 20th, September the 29th, my bad, against the Redskins. And we used to think it was the team, but I'm starting to think that maybe it's us because they've never won a game since we launched the Blue Rush podcast. Joining me now to make sense of it all, the Giants beat writer, uh, a a gentleman who's, I don't know where else to go. We need a port in the storm, and that's when we turn to Paul Schwartz. What's happening, Paul Schwartz? Well, Jimmy, um, uh, this is the last podcast we'll be doing, so let's make it a good one. Uh, Clearly, as as said, the Giants do not win ever since we started this podcast. So for the sake of of the Giants fans everywhere, we need to see some desist from this. I don't think the lawyer has given us this season this disorder yet, but I think for the for the good of all mankind, we need to you know have 10, 15 minutes now. Say our goodbyes, end this, and maybe um, in December the Giants can win again. You know what, Jimmy? The first time in franchise history, the Giants have not won a game in the months of October and November, and the Giants' history is more than 90 years. So that's a lot of history. Look at us. You know, someone I had a friend today after the game who goes, you know, at, at this point, they should just pull the starters and tank so they get the first-round pick. I was like, at this point, they could leave the starters in to tank and get the first-round pick. There's no tanking, but uh, another sloppy day. Can we please kick a field goal? What's it going to take to make a kick on this team? Well, that, that, that's the incredible thing, Jimmy, because last year they won five games, right? And they had the best kicker in the league. He, he, he missed one field goal all year. How's this world to get eight? And made the Pro Bowl right, and it was just that amazing. You know, they 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 just looked like the Giants did something right. They stuck with Rosas, who was an unknown after a shaky rookie year, and they were rewarded with a great second year. So this year, you figure of all the problems they have, at least they have a plate kicker. And now Aldrick Rosas cannot kick the field goal. I think it's a Giants record. He's missed a kick of some sort in five straight games, and it's fifty uh, nine. The first one today was a bad snap, and uh, you know, Riley kicks in the holder, made a good play to get the ball back up, and he missed the kick. So that, that's the time he's a problem. Maybe it's not all on Rose. It's the second one he just missed. And, and you know, the strange thing is, Jimmy, is that if the Giants had a better team and they were in some kind of contention, I think they'd probably cut out the Rose and get him the kicker. But because they're so bad and they're not a contention, 
what the heck? Why just not ride it out with them and see if you can figure it out? Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, something about that stadium, something about Soldier Field that renders people unable to make big kicks because it's certainly not a problem that's been exclusive to the Giants in that stadium. Um, when you watched uh, this team, you know, I'm, I'm silver lining guy. Um, I didn't really have a lot. It was nice to see Sterling Shepard back on the field, but were you as perplexed as I was on that fourth and five when they ran the one-yard completion to Sterling Shepard underneath? Well, yeah, I mean, look, it's not – you don't run it that shallow. And, and Daniel Jones said you need to get him the ball quicker so Sterling Shepard has a chance. You know, he was, the play he got – by the time he got it to him, the defender was on him. He needs to get the ball to him quicker. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was a very very bad look, no question about it. You know, he needs four or five yards and he complete a pass. For one, it, it, it the receiver didn't do the job and the quarterback didn't do the job, and uh, it's part of the growing pains, accent on the pain. Speaking of my man Saquon, uh, seventeen for fifty nine today on the ground, but uh, the, I think what he'll be remembered for is that huge drop on third down. Uh, did you speak to him? Did you see him after the game? How did he handle this one? Yeah, I, I saw him after the game. You know, it was a little, it's a little alarming because he handled them well. Um, and, and, you know, it's a problem when you handle losing so well. Now, Saquon wasn't here for three of the losses, right? He was, he was out. You know, he didn't play. But, um, you know, this game he had a 22-yard run, and, and you know, that made his numbers look somewhat respectable. And as you said, I mean, there was a swing pass on third down. Uh, it was. It would have busted for a long way. Daniel Jones hit him in stride. He was he had the corner turn. I think he would have easily beaten the linebacker there and would have run a long way, easily deep into Bears territory. He dropped the ball. He said, "I didn't. I lost my focus there." And 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 you know, it's the malaise. It's the malaise that affects the kicker and affects the running back. Look, you know, Saquon's a great player. He's been anything but this year, and. Um, you know, that's something that ownership really has to watch is, is this losing, bringing the players we know are good down? It's one thing the players that aren't very good, if you can't make them better, but if the players you have that are at a certain level, if they're coming down to this losing, that's a disturbing sign that needs to be addressed. Yeah, that's a big problem. Uh, Daniel Jones, another turnover today. I believe that was his 10th fumble lost on the year. Now, I don't know that this one was his problem. Obviously, he got blindsided for the billionth time of the season. Um, but are they starting to get concerned that he's doing some uh, March Mark Sanchezian type uh, maneuvers with the ball? Well, if they're getting concerned, they're hiding it very well. Because every time it happens, Pat Shermer is very quick to explain, well, that one he should have held the ball more. That one he got killed. That one he had no chance for. That one the guy ripped it out of his hand. Look, you see it every week. All the backs who get blindsided with these guys, these defenders are not going for the body. They're going to the ball. They're going to the strip sack. It happens all the time. Now, it happened to Daniel Jones way too much. My big takeaway from today, you know, Khalil Mack beat Nate Solder. Okay, that's not exactly a new slash. You know, Khalil Mack's a great player. Nate Solder is not a great player. But the ball was on the ground, and Nate Solder was the first one to get the ball, and I asked him about that after the game today. I said, Nate, when the ball was on the ground, what are you seeing? He said, you know what? I wish. I straight out whiffed on it, um, and, he, and, and I said, is that one going to bother you tonight? He said, I'm going to see that one for a long time. So he was upset by it. He knew that the ball was on the ground, and he had first crack at it. He said, I knew they were coming at it. I knew they were rushing to the ball. I knew I had to get on it, and I whiffed at it. So 
That's a bad thing. And it, it, it handed them a touchdown. They got the ball to the three-yard line, and it's, it's more of a losing team, too. Yep, that's a roughie, man. Uh, well, up next, we get the Packers. Uh, <laughs> not exactly a respite. Um, what do we do against the Packers? I mean, do you, is, is there a world where we win the game? Is there a world where the Giants beat the Packers? Well, we'll see what happens Sunday night, right? And maybe the Packers, uh, 20 of their 22 starters get on some kind of a, uh, uh, injury situation or they, maybe they have a protest. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they uh, are affected by global warming and climate control and say, we're not traveling anymore. We're not going to fly to New York or New Jersey because it's going to take too much fuel and that's against the ozone layer. So we're not going. Um, no, no, they're not. They're not going to be Packers. And you know what? The big story is: Are they going to compete against the Dolphins and the Redskins, two teams that are more on their level? Yeah, and they're better off losing them both at this point, just so they can get that pick. Um, I listen. Chase Young would look very good as this generation's Lawrence Taylor coming around that end. Uh, I could get behind that as an Ohio State fan. But let me ask you this before I let you go, and you can follow Paul Schwartz on Twitter at uh, New York Post underscore Schwartz. Read his stories in the Post and at the New York Post dot com every day. Um, what as a Giant fan are you thankful for this year? And don't say that we might get Jason Garrett next year, because that's a hot rumor going around as we broadcast this morning. What are you thankful for as a Giant fan this year, this Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, obviously, um, I cover the Giants, but if I would speculate on what a Giants fan might think of being thankful for, um, I think they're thankful that the season's almost over. <laughs> um, I think they'll, they'll have to be thankful that Eli Manning had an excellent career with the Giants that will be ending at the end of this month, and maybe they can come to MetLife Stadium, and if they can find Eli in the crowd on the sideline, they can try to cheer for him. And, uh, you know, I, I think most Giants fans are relatively happy that Daniel Jones is on the team and that looking forward, they think he can be a quarterback that can help them win. So I think they'll be thankful for that. But, um, you know, Jimmy, you know, this, this is a, the, one of the worst three-year three stretches in franchise history. And, um, you know, I, I, I really think, I mean, tell me what you think. I think a lot of Giants fans would be thankful if Dave Gettleman and Pat Sherman did not come back and well, it remains to be seen if that's the case. So they won't know that until after the season. But I think that's what a lot, of, a lot of Giants fans are hoping for. Yep, absolutely. I think it's well said. I think at this point, until, the you know, the, the, the jury is out on that one. Uh, but until then, I think most Giant fans are just thankful for beer. I mean, it has been a beer season. Beer has been the MVP for most Giant fans I know. But listen, Paul Schwartz, I wish you a great Thanksgiving, and I look forward to catching up with you next week when we get done mopping the floor with the Packers. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All right, Jimmy, I'll, I'll try to I'll think about that with my uh, turkey and stuffing and cranberry sauce about the Giants um, wiping the floor with the Packers. Yeah, and then I'm going to forget about that and have a cookie can pie. What do you think of that? <laughs> well said, man. Rock and roll. Paul Schwartz, I appreciate you joining us, buddy. All right, take care, Jimmy. Take care, man. Bye-bye. After yet another Giants loss, it's time to hear what the fans are thinking in our weekly check-in from the fans with our producer, Jake Brown. Dear Giants, what else is there to say at this point? You guys are just plain awful. Another week, another loss. Seven straight L's to the face. This time to Mitchell Trubisky, who should have been benched on multiple occasions this season. You force him to throw two picks, you give up just 65 total yards, and still lose the game. Pathetic. You're now tied for last place at 2-9 and nine with the lowly Redskins, which happened to be the team you beat two months ago on September 29th. Since you guys won last, we have seen Columbus Day, the debut of the Blue Rush podcast, 
The Nationals win their first World Series. The NBA season begins. Halloween, Election Day, Veterans Day, Carmelo Anthony signed with the Blazers, and now Thanksgiving. Want to win a game before Hanukkah, Christmas, and Kwanzaa arrive? Daniel Jones has been a fumbling, bumbling machine this season and hasn't progressed much as the rookie year has gone along. While he's shown us some promising signs, he hasn't put it all together yet. And it hasn't helped that his offensive line has been an abomination, receivers are dropping passes, and Saquon is dropping passes, and the franchise running back isn't finding many holes. Oh yeah, and Aldrich Rosas went from Pro Bowl to the Toilet Bowl. This guy misses field goals and extra points every week. You would think Cody Parkey took over for Big Blue. The Giants will lose their eighth straight game when the Packers come to MetLife and fall to 2-10. Then Pat Shermer can book his plane tickets to somewhere tropical when 2020 arrives with a pink slip in his hand and three years more of pay without having to do a thing. And by God, Giants, don't bring in Jason Clappy Garrett to replace him, whatever you do. We're begging you to stay away from another underachieving head coach see you soon chase young from the fans joining us now on the show a two-time super bowl champion the giants all-time leader in rushing touchdowns he is the earth of earth wind and fire and he joins us now brandon jacobs uh welcome to blue rush brandon jacobs what's happening uh, nothing much man just just here in uh in uh, uh knoxville tennessee Wrapping up uh, my uh, football season for my nine-year-old football team, so I came out to support them out here in Knoxville. Nine-year-old football. Did they cover the spread? Yeah, they covered the spread. Should I say? <laughs> and you and you were saying you reside in Georgia now, correct? When you mm-hmm. when you finished your playing yep, career, Alpharetta, Georgia. Down yep. in the you down in the dirty South. Well, you're, you 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 went from giant country to falcon country. Not exactly setting the world on fire for either team right now, but we'll get there. Um, I had a quick question for you, and I appreciate you joining us on the show today. Um, you uh, obviously you won two huge Super Bowls, both against the Patriots. Obviously, the first one ruined their undefeated season, which for Giants fans was the best one maybe ever. Uh, were you able to distinguish between which Super Bowl did one mean more than the other to the team? Mm, I would say the first one. Yeah, I ruined, I ruined an undefeated season, and uh, we had a chance to send Strahan out with a ring, and, uh, you know, he had been playing for a long time. I had a chance to play in the Super Bowl in 2000 and didn't come up with the win uh, versus Baltimore. So, you know, being able to be a part of a team to help get him uh, a ring on his finger and and send him off in the TV, you know, sit, sitting on a high horse. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different things, you know, with them being undefeated. I think our team was a lot closer. Um, we actually should have won it the second year in 2008 too, but you know, we had some things happen where we were sidetracked. I, I'm just hoping Michael Strahan's post-playing career finally takes off, you know? <laughs> well, his dude is this dude is on top of the world right now. I'm actually looking to join him, join him here next year. I'm I'm looking to get out and, you know, talk some football on Sundays. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking to you know get get a job in one of those with one of those networks. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, do we have a Brandon Jacobs fashion line to look forward to then? Oh yeah, no question about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, a bunch of views, rating is gonna be sky high because I'm gonna keep it real. <laughs> Who's got Who's got more swag, Jacobs or Strahan? I need to know. Well, I, I think I got a little bit more swag than Mike. You know, Mike just got more money. He's just richer than me. He's just richer than everybody. That's all. But you know, Mike is my guy, man. He's one hell of a dude, one hell of a human being, one hell of a teammate, 
one hell of a father, man. He's been through a lot, and he's still persevering and going through, getting better, being better every day, man. There's this guy that, you know, if you want to look up to somebody, Michael Strand is that dude. There's no question. I'll take it. Do we have a... Do we have a Michael Strahan on the Giants now? I mean, obviously no one's no, Michael Strahan, don't. but is there a we guy? Don't. We just don't. It's mm -hmm. a, that's part of the problem, right? No, the closest thing that the Giants have have from what we had is Eli Manning because he was because he, he was with us. Yes, he was. Uh, it's been it's been a tough as a Giant fan and an Eli fan. It's been a tough season to watch because I felt like he got scapegoated at the beginning of the year because the defense got off to a bad start. Did you feel that a little bit? Yeah, I do. I do. I think, um, you know, they, they, the organization made a decision to go with uh, uh, Jones. Uh, he's the youngest guy. He's trying to, you know, he's going to be the future. I don't think it was a, uh, I don't think it was, I, I'm, I'm not sure how, how I judged the move and how they did it. Because, um, I mean, if Eli was going to be there, I mean, I'm not saying the season could, could you know, could have been any better with him under center, but you know, it didn't. I didn't see any major changes when they took when they took him out either. But uh, I do like Daniel. I will say this: I do like Daniel. I think he has a great upside. I support him since they drafted him, and uh, I'm gonna continue to support him. I'm gonna continue to support my team. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to support the decisions administrators make. I'm a, you know I'm a giant man, and and we gonna we gonna live. We are gonna die together. We gonna live together. We are gonna die together. I love it. A ride or die giant all the way, which uh, which is probably why it was hard for you to play in San Francisco. Did you feel like a fish out of water out there? Uh, I was, yeah, kind of felt like a fish out of water. I had Mario Manningham over there with me, and, and we was able to come together and talk about what was different, you know, and why we wanted to go back and so on and so forth, man. But, yeah, it was great weather. The weather was beautiful. You know, the football was the football. Um, you know, it was just a, a, a lot of things, you know, for, for me that, I mean, being in San Francisco, being on a team didn't ruin my experience of being over there. Just that, you know, didn't, didn't get along with the head coach and we, we never saw eye to eye. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, you, you were one of the first guys to get in a little trouble on social media. Cause you got suspended for three days, three games, I believe for tweeting that they, I guess they weren't using you right. Right, but you know they they tried to spin me for three games, and the CBA, I mean, and the uh, NFLPA said that, that they couldn't do that because nothing I did was detrimental to you know you know to the team. So they they only had one option, and that was to cut me and cutting and cutting a veteran in week twelve is what is what a veteran wants. Cut you cut me in week twelve, I get all of my checks from here on out, no matter how far you go, and that's it. <laughs> so I'm just chilling at the crib now. So you, you, you couldn't suspend me because nothing I said was detrimental to the team. So go ahead and cut me in week 12 and give me all of my bread. And let me sit here and make this money and watch y'all go out there and run and sweat. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough gig if you can get it, man. That's good work. Good right, for you. Right. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> um, but I, I, then it must have made sense to come back to the Giants after that. It must have felt like a million bucks to get back to East Rutherford. Oh, it felt like a million bucks. Even though we went 6-10, and 10, you know, I was still happy to be a Giant. I was still happy to be around all the people that, that, that always believed in me. And around my teammates who I was playing with, which it was still kind of different there because when I went to uh, San Francisco, it was a lot of guys that I was playing with that was that left the Giants when I left and then left the Giants after that season as well. So I kind of went back to a new team, you know, but I got a chance to know the guys, you know, like, the uh, you know, there's a lot of new guys on the team I got a chance to chill out with and, and, and you know, and. But, you know, it was, still wasn't the same. But, again, I was, I was in East Rutherford. I was in, you know, uh, that locker room. And I was playing in MetLife every other week. So I was good.
Yeah, that's dope. That was great, man. That was listen. Everybody was thrilled when you came back. I mean, you are for all intents and purposes. I guess we have a franchise running back now, but you know, for a long time, for true blue hardcore giant fans, you were the OG man. You were the guy with all the street cred on the field. Um, when you, <laughs> you, but you are, you know. And and now when you watch, we watch a Saquon. I mean, he's had a couple of rough games in a row, but I mean, you must be impressed with what you've seen of him, correct? Saquon Barkley is a generational talent, man. That guy, guys like him, do does not come around that much. And when you see a guy like him, I don't, I don't care if you need what you need on your team. If you don't need a running back and he's available, a guy like him is available. You gotta take him. You gotta take him. That guy's, that guy, guy is absolutely the, the most talented person that I've almost I've seen. You know, and I've given the best running back in the in the NFL easy. I'm talking about easy. He ain't. He don't have these these crazy offensive linemen like some of these guys have. I think I still think he's the best running back. I think he's the best running back. He cut all his toes off. He still be the best one. <laughs> That's high praise coming from you, man. Um, I will say this: we we watched him pull off his helmet today. He's wearing a nice dangling uh, number twenty six earring. Uh, who has more swag, Brandon Jacobs or Saquon Barkley? Let's let's go on to the next round now. Oh well, that's that's well. You know, I got to be careful how how, how I could put this one because I would get jumped on tremendously by the public if I say <laughs> something negative. You know, say I got more swag than say. You know, I love the kid, man. The kid is a he's a great kid. You know, um, I, I got to give it to him, man. He, he got more swag than what I have, just because the simple reason. Simple reason, man. When when I come around, he show me love. You know, he talks to my kids, and I I got to respect him for that. So. You know, he, he. I give him the swag, man. All right, we hit, we passed the swag award on. Listen, as long as you beat Strahan, I just wanted you to take out Mike. As long as you did oh, that, yeah, we're I cool. Beat, I beat, I, I beat out Mike. <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> man. Um, it was another story I wanted to bring up. I believe it was 2010 when you threw your helmet into the stands in Lucas Oil Stadium. The reason I bring that up, I think it was a ten thousand dollar fine, but it was one of those fines where at least you got your money's worth. You threw your helmet into the crowd. You know, there's a lot of ticky tack fines in the NFL these days that are frustrating as a fan because you're like, oh, I didn't really do anything. Did that one at least feel good when you did it? Well, I can't I can't say I got my money's worth because I didn't meant to do it. You know, I didn't really want to do it. I went to throw it up against the bench and it just for some reason I guess it stayed latched onto my finger and I ended up, you know, throwing it. I went to throw it against the bench really hard. So it it versus coming off like I had that was hooked on my the face mask was hooked on like to my finger and it went up in the stands and I meant to I meant to destroy that bench with it. You know. But look, get, getting your money's worth for something like that is is, is not like what what to happen a couple a week ago or two weeks ago with that. Uh, Miles got his money worth. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that? Uh, you know, in the NFL, it's frustrating because the guy who initiates the fight is never the one who gets flagged. But Mason Rudolph tried to pull off his helmet, and nobody is talking about the fact that Miles was essentially retaliating. Didn't you think? Well, let me tell you something, man. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna speak on this because I, I mean I see people all over social media. And they putting their things up, man, and you know, and and in the world today, everything becomes a race issue, right? You know, Miles, you know, Miles Garrett got suspended because he did this, and he's black, and you know, Rudolph didn't get anything because he's a white boy. And so let me t- let let me give you my two cents on being an NFL football player. Okay, yes, face masks and helmets gets pulled every other play in the National Football League. But the guy, quarterback from Pittsburgh, 
initiated the whole thing by trying to do that. Now, if I'm Miles Garrett, you know what I'm doing? I'm punching him, flushing his nose with my fist. I'm not going to hit him with the helmet. I'm not going to do that because I can kill him that way. That's just, And punching him in the face is not everybody. It's damn everybody out there has been punched in the face of these horns somehow, some way. Right? It wouldn't have been nothing new. They'd have just gave you a fine, no suspension, and then you would have been it. But it just made it worse that it was with the helmet. You know, and it was just like I said, he tried, he he tried to put his finger up underneath the man's helmet, wasn't successful. His the helmet was still on his head. He ripped his off. You know, a kid guy coming back to get his helmet and, you know, a little bit of criticism and he hits him with it. You know, I, I think I think the punishment fits. Um, just like every other NFL guy that I know would talk about this. It's, it, you know, it's, he should be, should be suspended the rest of the season, if not eight games in the next season. You know, that's just me. I mean, you don't do that. That's not what you do. Now, I don't have anything against anybody on Cleveland team. I, I barely know anybody over there. You know, I barely know any of the players. I barely know any of the players in the NFL nowadays. You know, so I'm just speaking off of what I think was is right. You know, now, uh, the, uh, the boy got fined from Pittsburgh, you know, but that's the extent of it. You know, he didn't, you know, even though he initiated, but you don't give him a full season of the rest of the season suspension because he stuck his finger up. I mean, Vince Wilfork stuck his finger in my eye in front of the referee in the Super Bowl. And they did nothing. No, I take it back. It was a week 17 and they did nothing about it. I mean, that era was a little bit more tough than what they have going on now. But man, you know, you can't hit nobody with the helm. You can't do that. Man. No, that's 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 hardcore stuff right there. I mean, it's a good it's a good life lesson for all the kids listening to. When in doubt, punch him in the face. <laughs> just punch him in the face. Just just I mean, if you feel like you want to get one off on him, just just punch him in the face. Now I'm gonna tell you, like me myself, let's let's put me in the situation where he tried to hit me with a helmet, right? I'm never living that. I'm never letting that go. I'm never living that down. Wherever I saw Miles Garrett at, we got to fight. I don't give a damn. I don't care where it is. I run up on you at a pool party in Vegas or Miami. Well, guess what? Let's We got to fight. You know, like, that's that's how I would handle a situation like that. You, you, we got to do it. We, we got to, we got to, we got to get this little couple minutes in until one of us realize we can't beat the other one they break us up. Like, that's what we got to do. You hit me with a helmet like that. Like, I'm taking this personal at this point. And you never let it go. You don't you let, never it go. let it go. <laughs> until, until after we get that fight and then we can, we, I'm good. I'm done with it. Well, well, I think that's part. That's what a lot of people don't understand about the NFL is that you guys are so competitive to be playing ball at that level that you really can't let it go because there's something inside of you guys that drives you to make it to that level, you know, of all the millions of people that want to do it, um, which is insane. But I agree with you that the helmet swinging was the bigger issue. But that being said, do you think because of social media, do you think it's actually hurt the game in that it's it's having such a big impact on, you know, the way the league suspends people, the way the league administers justice? Yeah, social media is ruining sports not only just i mean sports period man it's just ruining i mean some of the stuff that these guys are doing and getting is getting captured and putting out and people are talking about it via social media man when we were playing back then i think instagram was just coming out like toward the end of my career 
some of the some of the stuff I saw in some of these clubs and some of these conversations I had with some of my teammates, man, some of the stuff that they're doing now is baby stuff compared to some of the stuff I've seen done when I was playing. But again, we didn't have the issues that they have now because of social media. All we had was Twitter, and Twitter wasn't even big like that. I just think social media is good to have and promote a brand. Like, let's say, for instance, there's a lot of players out there that doesn't even truly care about their team. They don't care about winning. They care about getting a check and promoting their brand, right, due to social media, which is why a lot of these teams nowadays are struggling because you got a good head coach that's still instilling team, 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 team first, you know, take, take the name on the back of the Georgia's team first and the players is bought in, you know, like less, you know, you got all kind of guys out there trying to build a brand and trying to create a logo and sell shirts and do this and do that. And it's, 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 it's just ruining the game, man. Yeah. A lot of one man armies out there. Well, you know, you're thinking of it this way though. I mean, you're obviously a youth football coach and you're coaching high school football. Are you trying to minimize the use of social media on your teams? That would be something I cannot do, you know, but if they are on social media, like in these, these, these private messages and stuff like that, I say, guess what? If you're going to do this and y'all going to have this private message talking back and forth to one another, put me in it. I don't want to be in it too. So I got a bunch of, I got a, I got a, a, a private message on my Instagram with about 25, 12 year olds in it. And they talking about all kinds of stuff and I be quiet and I step in when I feel like I need to step in, you know, when I need to step in and say, Hey, listen, you can't say this. You can't do that. Why would, why, like, why would you do that? That like, like that's not smart. You went from an NFL running back to a social media referee. It's crazy, man. <laughs> do it's do crazy. they ever try to? Do they ever try to overturn any of your calls? Do they ever throw the challenge flag on you? No, well, they always they are they always trying to glorify what they say. So I guess that is challenging. Well, coach, I didn't say it because of this. I said it because of that. You said it. You said it. So that's the problem. Well, bottom line, last thing I got to ask you, what is a uh, what is a Georgia Thanksgiving entail for Brandon Jacobs? You throwing it down this Thursday? I mean, you got you got the turkey, of course. You got the you got the ham, the baked ham with the pineapple glaze. You know what I'm saying? You you, you got rice dressing, you know, with the little chicken gizzards cut up with in the rice with the little with the uh, season mixed in there. You got some sweet peas. You got uh uh, my wife's favorite is the noodle pudding, green bean casserole. I mean, man, you go on, you go and go and go. You could put anything together for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm telling you right now, if this if, if you don't feel like doing uh, TV with Strahan, let's get a cooking with Jacob show next year. <laughs> I'll, I'll be your agent. Listen, I really appreciate you joining us. I hope you and your family have a great Thanksgiving. Ain't no doubt. Sammy, you guys, man. Hey, happy holidays. You too, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing another stellar podcast. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting NewYorkPost.com. We'll be back this week with a special pre-Thanksgiving show on Wednesday as we are joined in studio by fellow comedian and rabid Giants fan, Vic DiBattetto. We'll see you then.